0: Bay, that that can be considered a good shot. Like, it no, not
1: possible. I agree. I like, like. And the other thing is, I like. I don't understand why we're talking about this.
0: Right. Well, and I understand it. Like, people are throwing out statistics about, oh, he shot thirty-six percent, or I don't remember exactly what the number was.
1: No. Um, here's the thing about those statistics: is that they're garbage. That was the longest shot he hit all year.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, you can't tell me that – you can't throw me a stat of, like, over 30 feet shots um, whenever – 30 to
1: 40 feet is 10 feet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, and you can't tell me that, like, he's shooting those contested as much as he was contested by Paul George on that last shot. Like, he literally was stepping back and fading away as he shot that shot – with a six foot nine human person with
1: a hand yeah. in his face. Yeah. I don't know if Paul George is like still the defensive player of the year, but certainly the favorite for a very long time. Yeah.
0: For a large portion of the season people thought he was the favorite for defensive player of the year. It's not he's not gonna win it, but you know, for a that large actually, portion
1: people we're talking about him. Yeah, having I don't a want to get into a tangent. Season. Who is gonna win that?
0: I think it's gonna be Giannis man. Like there's been a lot of uh, he, like he the bucks were the best defense in the league right. and he is kind of who they were built around so I think it's probably gonna be him um, but we'll see let's we'll okay. see um, but, but yeah, yeah and like I, I understand that at, to a certain extent like Dame you could obviously see that Dame was completely irritated by the thunder by the end of that series you know and he just thought that they were utterly ridiculous about like specifically Russ you know with the all the stuff he said and all the stuff he has said which yeah first of all everything Russ has said has is just wrong like it's just not true um yeah so i could kind of see why he was irritated but like to come out and be like call paul george a poor sport because he said that the shot you took and made was bad i'm like if anything i would take that as a compliment because like, yeah, it was a bad shot that I made, you know? Yeah, and like, it's not like, like, it's not like Paul George said, Oh, that was just a bad shot that he was lucky to make. Like he just said, "It's yeah. a, that was a bad shot. Props to him for making it, but it was a, it, you'll never tell me it wasn't a bad shot, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the, that's like the whole thing about this is that it's a great shot because it was a bad shot. We'll remember it because right. it was a bad shot. If it was a wide open layup, then, like, I mean, the result is the same, but we're not talking about his incredible buzzer-beating wide-open layup.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're completely right, man. Like, some of the best shots, like, I mean, I'll always remember the uh, Steph Curry pull-up from nearly half-court against the Thunder in yeah. 2016. You know, like, that was, that's an all-time great shot. It wasn't a particularly good shot, but, like, the guy made it, and so it was awesome. Like, I mean, looking back, like, obviously at the time, it destroyed me. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it, you know. But, yeah. By the and way, Marquise it's... Brown just got drafted by the Ravens. Okay. So that's kind of cool.
1: That, yeah. The Ravens. We're like, getting a lot of you guys apparently. Under... Yeah. Yeah. Um, they. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Uh, that's cool. Ah. Yeah. Um. Always uh, oh, crying. That's so cute. Oh. All right. Go ahead. Um, look, if a thirty-six foot step back three point, like if a thirty-six foot step back jumper, is a good shot, why are we even playing basketball? Like everyone, go home. <laughs> this sport yeah, doesn't
0: work. right. And I mean, it. I, I I think it's a really dumb argument. I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that, like the series in itself was kind of ridiculous with basically on the thunder side, the thunder were kind of ridiculous throughout the series. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like Russ, obviously he was ridiculous, you know, and it just kind of, I think that that kind of shaped in like Dame was legitimately pissed off. Like he was going like, I did you see the deal where he said the day before um, game five that he was going to, he was going to end these motherfuckers tomorrow. Like,
1: yeah, he, no. He said and that on
0: on Easter. He was like,
1: Yeah, these guys are going home. Yeah, no, it's that's and he was right. Right? That's the thing. And um for those of you who didn't see, I wrote an article explaining my feelings about Russ and this series. And like one of the things I talk about in it is this is the first series where like you watch Russ fail and like all you can think is like he deserves this. Like Yeah. Absolutely. Like the guy, the dude just was asking
0: for it all year. Like, first of all, if there's a guy in the league that Russ has no right to say that he's been busting his ass for years, it's probably Dame. Like they have beat the Blazers rarely over the last few years. And Dame has played great against the thunder. Like he's hit some really big shots consistently. And Russ is the over there talking about how he's been busting his ass for years. Like, I don't understand that. I don't... I mean, Russ is, you know... Russ is Russ. I get that. But, like, I don't understand why this is the guy you're going to pick that fight with. Go pick that fight yeah. with, like, Kimba or, you know, like, pick it with somebody that you actually have had a good amount of success against.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's... It's... I don't... I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And... Like, and this is the thing, is that, like, how, like, moving forward from this, like, how does Russ move forward from this? How does he pr- move forward from being proven wrong so thoroughly, for being, like, humiliated on a national stage so thoroughly? Um,
0: it, it, it's hard to say, like, I mean... And we're, we're going to talk more about this as we go, especially, and I I have some takes when it comes to like roster construction with that involve Russ pretty heavily. But, um, I nothing with Russ, the one thing that I, you know, I don't think that self reflection is really something that you can count on from him, Mm -hmm. you know, like, the guy has made changes to his game over the years. Like there's no doubt about it, but like the fundamental thing that people have always talked about him has not changed. Like the fact is he's going to waste probably seven or eight possessions a game, especially now like against, you know, the worst team in the league. Sure. He can have a game where he shoots the ball 12 times and is efficient and like great. But when it comes to a big game against a good team, like, he's going to put shots up and it's that hasn't changed in his entire career. And we can't expect it to change at this point, you know? Yeah. And the problem with it now, even more than ever is that like he is not shooting as well as he ever, like he is worse now than he has ever been shooting wise. And that it really is shocking because it's not what you would expect to leave from him I would have thought Russ, you know, if he were going to age, I thought I would have thought he would have learned how to shoot. Honestly, I thought that the future of Russell Westbrook was a guy that toned it back a little bit, but also became like a pretty good, like average three point shooter.
1: And it's just seemingly going the other way. Yeah, which is it's it's so strange. Um, And I don't think it's completely hopeless Um, like Zack Lowe said on a podcast um, recently that like this is around the age that Jason Kidd finally got a J. Yeah, um, he became Jason and not Asen. <laughs> uh, and so like it's not totally unprecedented, but like the other thing about that is that Jason Kidd wasn't shooting the way Russ was shooting before that. Right. No. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have. I don't have faith. That this will happen. I don't have faith that he will develop a jump shot. But at the same time. Like Russ's entire career has been doing the impossible. So. Yeah. You know who knows. Right. Well and I think that this
0: goes in. You know a lot of people are looking at the Thunder. At as a franchise. And just wondering where do they go from here. and really i in my opinion you know people are talking a lot about billy donovan and whether or not he needs to be fired or not and i just don't think any of it matters i don't think they can trade anybody like this is a russell westbrook this team is russell westbrook yeah right like so if this thunder team is going to improve it is going to be because russell westbrook gets better and i don't Like Russ has gotten better as his career has progressed, but I'm trying to think of like a specific skill set that he has added since he's been in the NBA as a score. Like, like you said earlier, he's probably an underrated passer, and that was not the case when he got in the league. Like, he has improved in that regard. But as far as just putting the ball in the basket, I don't see any any way that he has gotten better at doing no. that since he's been in the NBA, he's regressing in no, he's got almost every course. way. Yeah. You know, like he had a statistically good year at the rim, but one of the things Zach Lowe was saying is he was like, I mean, so many times that he watched this year that he was just like, you'd see Russ go up and it would just like go off the backboard, you know, like it yeah. wasn't even close. Like these layups weren't even close. And he's like, yeah, I'm just, that's not, what you would expect, you know. And then like probably the most um concerning thing is the free throws because that to me says more about your confidence as a shooter than anything. If you can't go up to the line yeah. and shoot your career average from the line and you're shooting like 15% lower than your career average, like there's a mental thing going on with him that yeah.
1: is an issue. I will say about the free throws that improved as the season went on and he was like legitimately great in the playoffs as a free throw shooter.
0: Yeah, no, he had that streak where he made 17, but like, I mean, I've seen him be mediocre to bad at free throws for two years now, you know, like that does, that's going to outweigh what I saw from him in limited playoff time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I've got to see something. And honestly, I'm with you. Like, I don't trust him to do this. I don't, Like, I kind of think the Thunder are screwed, you know, if if we're being honest. Like, um, I don't really think that there's a lot of hope for him to improve as in the ways that we need him to improve specifically. Um, And, yeah, that's the really the, the issue. Like, there are there are several issues with the team, but that is the issue that outweighs all of the other ones combined.
1: Yeah. Coming into today. I felt that there were two ways Russ, like there were two paths towards Russ becoming a better player as he ages, and the first was to change the way he played, and the second was to figure out a way to somehow be, like make his jump shot work. And he confirmed today at the at his exit interview that he's it's going to be number two is his plan moving forward. So we'll see, you know, we'll we'll see,
0: right? God. Well, and this kind of goes, you know, part of my, you know, one of the things I have on the, on the docket for this podcast is that I was going to basically defend Sam Presti because I think you can look at a lot of the mistakes he's made over the years and you could, you could come up with a perfectly acceptable argument that he is not a good GM. Like I I think that there is that argument. I see it all the time. You know, for whatever reason, Lakers fans are the fan base that seems to be
1: oh, the most vocal know, that I see. We know why. You don't have to say for whatever reason. We know right. why. <laughs> um, um, it's, why? um. well, so with the, um with Presti, like obviously the Harden trade, but, and and so that's like, that's not great. Um, right. You look at, um, I mean, an incredible run of drafting players early and then like not great success recently, um, apart from Terrence, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, OK, I just want to I want to evaluate him because, I mean, Sam Presti literally probably accomplished the greatest feat in general manager history. Like that three year run of drafting is probably the best run is the best run that anyone has ever had. Like there's no doubt about it. That run is the reason that the thunder have been as consistent as they are like single-handedly that run did it. Um, So I think you have to, you obviously you give him an a for that part. Um, You know, the Harden trade didn't work out, um, but you know, it is what it is. I think that the moves post Harden trade and pre Kevin Durant leaving were not, particularly good I think that they left a lot to be desired I think Deanna's cancer trade was just a straight-up bad trade they shouldn't have made the trade I don't think they should have traded for Dion Waiters I think that there's a lot of issues there's also some just like wasted draft picks in that group you know like drafting Josh Eustace in the first round is like Legitimately, one of the more head scratching things I've ever seen anybody make. Like, it just made no sense at the time, and it turned out not yeah. make ever making any sense. Um, you know, Mitch McGarry, you know, I don't necessarily blame him that much for Mitch no, McGarry, yeah.
1: but there's
0: a Mitch certain was amount.
1: great, limited minutes in 2016. He was or great whatever. as a rookie. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: um, but I, and then I want to evaluate what Presti has done. The most important part of this is what Presti has done post Kevin Durant leaving.
1: Right. right? Which is like the worst hand a GM could be dealt.
0: Yeah. And like, that is what I'm talking about whenever I defend this guy, because people see, like, look at the shortcomings of this roster and they're like, well, he, he put a roster together that can't shoot, you know, and look at this roster and, I don't think the shooting is as bad as it seems. And I let let me, let me finish before I understand that they had like two or three of the worst shooting performances you can possibly have in this playoff series. Um, But Jeremy Grant, almost a 40% three point shooter. You can't ask for much more than that. Like, and that's on decent volume. Paul George is a great three point shooter and not only a great three point shooter. He just had one of the best, like non-Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, three-point shooting seasons of all time. Like, he had yeah. a fantastic season shooting the three.
1: Yeah, no, he's, um, I, I think, I would have to check where exactly it fell, but it's a top five three-point, like, top five and three-pointers made in a season.
0: Yeah, um, and what I would say is, I think every move Presti has made post-losing Durant, other than maybe adding Jeremy Grant, which that in itself has turned in, he's was our highest, percentage three-point shooter this year i think every move presti has made has been to add shooting right like you go back victor oladipo they traded ibaka added oladipo you know kind of arguable oladipo had a good three-point shooting season with the thunder so there you go um he traded for doug mcdermott like that was a move to add shooting that absolutely was he liked him um he traded for carmelo anthony like Mellow was the guy that they thought was going to open the floor for them. Like, yeah. I firmly believe that they thought that they could get Olympic Mellow, who was a fantastic three point shooter off the catch. And obviously, it just didn't work out.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, watch so out they, for Beanie Mellow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Watch out for Beanie Mellow. Um, and, um, you know, even adding a guy like Abdul Nader, like, that guy is. Theoretically a shooter.
1: You know what I mean? Theoretically. And, yeah. And you know, um losing a hurt, obviously.
0: Yeah. adding a was
1: post durant. Like
0: that is another guy, like adding shooting right there. So
1: Well hey, like, did we get the rights to Brinus in twenty thirteen?
0: We did, yeah, but we signed him right. post Durant. Right. That was when we finally brought him over. Um so I think that you know, the idea that Presty hasn't built a team that can shoot I don't think that he has – it's not that he hasn't tried, right? Like, he has had guys that – I mean, adding Patrick Patterson. Like, that guy was supposed to open the floor up for the team as well. Like, that guy was yeah. a borderline 40% three-point shooter in his career. And he's come here, and he's been inconsistent and bad 80% of the time.
1: Yeah. You know what well, I Well, mean? even, so, even like Markeith Morris was a movie that was supposed to add shooting. Like – Right. Um, yeah. I um like I guess the like the one the one that is like could have done better is Sabonis, right? What do you mean? Um did we instru- I'm trying to remember, did we instruct the magic to draft Sabonis or did they tr- make that decision and then we traded for him?
0: We we wanted Sabonis. That was a okay. guy that we wanted.
1: Yeah, that like that was a situation where like if we needed shooting we could have but I guess that was pre Durant. Yeah, that was,
0: that was supposed to be with Durant. And like, I don't think, I mean, you look at that trade, like Sabonis would have been really good here. He would have been fine. And he's turned out to be a really good player that people want, you know, like Indiana's super happy to have him. And honestly, like if we don't make that pick, like we might not have Paul George, you know, that's true. We don't, they could have, they could have known like, Hey, Indiana's really high on him too, you know? So, um, yeah. And also,
1: like, imagine the role, like, imagine the role Sabonis would have had on the team if Katie had stayed and, like, they had signed out Horford and it would be like, you know, it would be a situation where we would just phase out Cantor as soon as Sabonis was ready. Like, oh, yeah. Give me the the Sabonis
0: Horford lineups would have been
1: (laughs) incredible. So fundamental.
0: God, so good. The passing would be great. Like they would. Just they would make up for screens, each other's weaknesses. Good, yeah,
1: yeah, just good, good back screens. Oh man, it'd be so boring. Oh, it'd um, be amazing though. It'd be great to watch. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So, I mean, that's my defense of Presti, for as far as like how he has developed this team and built the team around the stars he had. But the problem with that is, you know, there's, I mean, no one could have thought that hey russ is gonna get exponentially worse at shooting over the next two years yeah. basically as well, soon as they added help to russ like he just forgot how to shoot like that's been a slow
1: decline yeah, the last especially because he had like an, a league average year shooting in his mvp season
0: on yeah, he insane had his impact.
1: best year yeah he
0: had his on, best year shooting yeah, he shot thirty four percent from three
1: yeah on like astonishing usage yeah and he made league average efficiency like
0: right he had an unbelievable year that, that MVP year. And then as soon as you get Paul George, who you would have thought, Hey, perfect compliment to what Russell Westbrook does. Yeah. And then Russell Westbrook is just not that Russell Westbrook anymore. Like that's, that's an issue, you know? Um, and so what has happened in my opinion with this roster, is it so much that we have a bunch of guys that can't shoot? It's that, we don't have guys that can shoot in a versatile in a versatile enough ways, in, ver, in versatile ways. Is that the right way to say that? I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we, basically, the the guys lack shot versatility is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, so you look at Jeremy Grant, a great shooter, you know, percentage wise this year, but he's taking one kind of shot. He's taking yeah. a catch and shoot shot. He's not coming off screens. Yeah. He's not Jeremy Grant can make
1: wide-open, spot-up catch-and-shoots from the corner, and that's right. about it. And, and a little,
0: you know, from the wing, too, he's okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, but, like, those are yeah. that that's the only shooting threat he provides. He doesn't come exactly. off screens. Um, Terrence which, Ferguson, same yeah, thing. It's the same. And Terrence has gotten to the point where now he's added a new wrinkle to his game, where he puts the ball on the floor and uh, commits and an offensive it over. foul. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's
0: that's great to see. I mean, it it honestly is probably a step in the development. So that's probably not the worst thing to see. But like it was very frustrating to watch. Um, Paul George, you know, as versatile a shooter as you're really ever going to find, like he's an elite shooter. And next to a guy who is going to be a really high volume scorer, you know, with Russ's career average efficiency, Paul George would be amazing and perfect next to him right yeah um as it stands i mean honestly the guy you have to put next to Russ at this point would be kevin durant because we need a guy that can do even more than what paul george can do you know to really make up for the limit that that russ is giving the offense you know um and then you look at a guy like steven adams for years it was well steve is a great fit next to russ because he does all the things that helps Russ be more effective but with Russ's inability to just not shoot even 15 footers off the dribble like teams are collapsing in on Stephen Adams more than they ever have and it's yeah. honestly creating a situation where it's taking Stephen Adams effectiveness off like how many lobs did we get this year you know it's like yeah. they yeah they were it was not as high a number as you would expect and want from that from that pick and roll, you know, it was a lot of either Russ dribbling into traffic or getting it to Steve. And he had to take that like floater, which is a decent shot, but it's not like going to be a, you can't build your offense around that yeah,
1: shot. It's not you know? a two handed dunk. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh.
0: And like that, it is like the, just the inability to shoot off the dribble has put more pressure on the guys around Russ to where, being able to shoot catch and shoot threes is not enough. Like we need you guys yeah. to be like, we need a JJ Redick out there to open up the court. Kyle yeah. Corver,
1: right? So I will, I'll say this about that. Um, You know, these guys weren't taking, weren't making these off screen threes because they weren't taking them because we didn't like our, we don't do player movement on offense. And I think right. I, I have some theories about that and they involve blaming Billy, but not entirely. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, like, cause I mean, for one thing, um, uh, and this is something Schroeder talked about in his exit interview that he thought was uh, like an interesting wrinkle coming from bud to Billy is that like Billy listens to his players and once, and does what, you know, tries to set up an offense that does what they think that they can do best, which is why, like we stopped running plays for Paul George last year, because he said that he needed his shots to come in the flow of the offense and that having a play run for him, ran for him messed up his rhythm. Um, but the to me the other thing about it um, is that like we can't have too much mo- motion on offense because of our defensive system. Um, like we, these guys need time to stand around um, because like I mean I this like we don't have to get into this yet because it's it's about Billy and not about the team composition. But like I have concerns about the way we decide to play defense. Um, but yeah. So that, okay. that, that's that's essentially the point is that uh, I don't think we know necessarily if these guys can make those shots because we never we like we're not setting setting them up to try.
0: Um, right. Well, I'm okay. My, my my counter to that is that the type of player that Sam Presti is going after in in the draft and in trades are guys that are not they're not good shooters coming into the league. You know, right. Jeremy Grant was a bad shooter coming into the NBA.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, I would say, uh, you know, he was a streaky shooter. Like his shooting numbers were pretty bad coming into the league. Like he did not shoot well in Australia when he was there. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was about like, can we get them in here and develop their shooting? And largely they have done a very good job of that. But as a result of that, the first kind of shot they're going to learn how to make is not going to be something off any kind of movement. It's going to be, can they catch the ball and can they shoot it just from a catch-and-shoot situation? And so I... I don't think that they're advanced enough even in catch and shoots to be able to where that you could put them in movement and they would be able to make shots like I think Jeremy Grant taking shots off screens would look hilarious, honestly, you know, like it just he might hit the rim sometimes, but I don't think it would be a particularly smooth thing. I think Ferguson has some potential to do that, but that guy is inconsistent enough as a catch and shoot guy that I question his I don't think he's like reached even close to what his eventual ceiling as a shooter is going to be. Like, I think he's a long ways away and that's perfectly fine. The guy's 20, you know, he's got a lot of time to develop as a shooter. Um, but that doesn't help the team against the Portland trailblazers in the year 2019. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that a lot of it, like if Russell Westbrook is the guy who was just, drawing all the attention from the defense and the defense is looking at russ is like we've got to stop this guy then being a good enough catch and shoot guy would be perfectly acceptable like you put these guys on that 2016 or that 2017 team with mvp russ and they would have been really really effective but now the defense is so like they honestly don't even care if russ shoots and it's not just like we can let we'll let russ shoot it's like they will let him pretty much shoot from anywhere. Like, even at the yeah. rim, they're like, if we can test it, we're fine with the result. You know, like they yeah. weren't concerned with him going downhill against Ennis Cantor. And Ennis Cantor held yeah. his own in a lot of in a lot of situations against Russ one-on-one at the rim. And so that is just completely changed everything. And it's changed really the skill set of the guys that you need to put around Russell Westbrook. And that to me is where Sam Presti's gotten caught and why I don't think he can be blamed for what their issues are scoring the basketball. Like I think he did a really good job of building a team around the Russell Westbrook. He thought he had, it just so happens. We don't have that Russell Westbrook.
1: Yeah. Because it's, yeah, he, Defenses don't collapse on him anymore. They just sit in because they know that their guys aren't going anywhere and that they don't have to like it is not the end of the world. If Russ gets a shot off, they just they can they can like sit and help position and cover up the passing lane. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, it's absolutely
0: fair. true. Like, it's it's honestly it's better at this point to, like, guard him. Like, I don't know you weren't, I don't know how big of a basketball guy you were whenever Steve Nash was killing it in the league. But in a lot of situations, like, teams would play Nash to shoot. Like, yeah. they would, like, they were like, we're not going to let him just distribute and run a great offense with, you know, and wind up with 15 assists. We're going to make him score 45. And sometimes he did. And Nash was a truly elite shooter. And so now teams yeah. are taking that kind of strategy and, and Russ is anything but a truly elite shooter. And yeah. it and I think that is, in a lot of ways, like, that is the problem. That's why the Thunder's offense is really struggling.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, so it's not Sam Presti's fault, is what we've said.
0: That, yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm a huge Presti, I guess you would call me a Stan. Like I will, I will defend that guy in pretty, in pretty much any situation. Like there's not a lot that the guy can do. Like, I mean, I was pro, like he did make one of the worst trades in NBA history. Like there's no doubt about it. Um, But I have seen a lot, and this is something uh, that Zach Lowe talked about Um, There at a certain point, there was going to come a time where they needed to choose between Russell Westbrook and James Harden because that was just like those guys are literally the two most ball dominant players
1: in the league. You yeah. know, and and like, know. honestly, maybe in league history. <laughs> right.
0: And what Zach Lowe said was you have to look at what happened in that time period. Like James Harden was not this guy. The Thunder didn't think he was this guy. Like they just didn't, they thought Russell Westbrook was better than him. They turned out to be wrong, but Harden was coming off a horrendous finals performance. He was awful in the finals. Largely was probably the main reason they lost that final series in five games. He was horrendous and they had some off the court issues with him. They were a little bit concerned about him off the court. They were concerned that he wasn't, you know, I guess a good representative of what they wanted to do as a franchise. Like, whereas Russ is pretty much everything that this, like Russ is this franchise, you know, he is the franchise personified. And I think that they identified that at that time and they just thought that Russ would be a better building block. And just from a basketball standpoint, they were just, they were wrong, you know? And I think that if, if they could go back, they would trade Russ. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like Russ was the guy they would have gotten more for Russ. Russ was more established at the time. And I think Harden and Durant would have worked better than Russ and Durant did. And they'd just be in a completely different situation. But, um, you know, we don't need to really go back um, and talk about that. But I'm still I still like Sam Presti. He's made a lot of mistakes. But I mean, literally every GM in the league, every president of basketball, they've all made big mistakes. You know what I mean? And like I've seen a lot of like and like back to the Lakers like the Lakers are obviously like one of the bigger shit shows in the league right now and but I still see a lot of NBA like Lakers fans that like Presti's name will get kind of just loosely associated with that job and they're like oh why would we want that guy that guy (laughs) hadn't done anything right in Oklahoma City and I'm just like you guys no you're (laughs) not it's ridiculous but um yeah so um Do we want to talk about, like, obviously we're not really confident in what is happening right now. And, you know, this has basically been a shit on Russell Westbrook podcast. And we apologize. Like, I.
1: Yeah. No, I feel bad.
0: A thousand times. I like Russell Westbrook. Yeah. You know, like I do. I like him as a basketball player. And he has done some of the most amazing things I have ever seen done on a basketball court.
1: Yeah. Like I, It is hard to put into words how meaningful his MVP season was, right? Like, what yeah. it meant to watch him do that stuff, like, when, uh, did anyone think that he would, like, this is, like, God, it is so hard to put into words, like, the, like, immense gratitude that, like, pe- the people of Oklahoma City felt to Russell Westbrook right. in that moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, they were they were looking for anybody to latch on to and to want to be in Oklahoma City, like because yeah. they had just seen a guy that had said his entire career that he wanted to be there his entire career. They just saw that guy leave, you know. So having a guy like Russ yeah. not only sign an extension a month after Durant leaves, but then to have that that season like that was right. You're right. It was an unbelievable thing to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, and this is why, like, we will always have that season and it mm-hmm. ended sadly, but he's like, we'll always have it. And so I can't be that mad at Russ, like, regardless of how far he declines because he gave yeah, us that.
0: I'm, I'm not mad at Russ at all. Like, I mean, I think that, yeah. you know, I, I just think that this is how it goes. You know, I'm not mad. At, yeah. I'm not mad at anybody. Like, I'm. Obviously, I'm not mad at Sam Presti. I'm not mad at Billy Donovan. Like, I think he's fine. Like, I, there's been a lot of things, and I know you have your, your, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think overall, Billy Donovan's done a pretty good job as a coach of the Thunder. And, you know, I don't think this is his fault. Like, I mean, if you're going to blame anybody, I guess blame Kevin Durant. But, like, even (laughs) him, it's like, I mean, the guy just did what he wanted to do. You know, yeah. and like that, that's, yeah. it sucks that that was what he wanted to do, but I don't blame him for that. And it has he's going to
1: win three championships because of it, you know, he's so win three things, and then he's going to go play in New York and he's never going to be happy. Right. Um, yeah.
0: I I mean, and like, honestly, like, I hope Kevin Durant becomes happy. Like, I would yeah. like that for him because, yeah, it has been weird over the last three years God. to see him the way he's responded and just yeah like weird to see a guy that just doesn't know what he wants, you know, yeah. and it's like it's wild to see that from a guy who has you know like seemingly everything you know he's the one of the biggest stars in the world, you know, and it's kind of wild to see a guy that he just doesn't know what he wants from life honestly, and it's it's kind of interesting, but yeah. Um, yeah um yeah but so yeah what what I wanted to talk about was you know let's. Let's give the Oklahoma drill plan. Like, do we have do we have a plan on what we would do if we were like in Sam Presti's position? Because obviously, I don't think that you can go into next year and just say, well, we were one of the best teams in the league before Paul George hurt his shoulder. And I don't think you can go into that because to me, if you do, that is it's not quite on the level of this, but I think it is relatively similar to like the Lakers saying that there's nothing wrong and that our season was just derailed by injuries. You know, like obviously the problems aren't as big as what the Lakers problems are, but I think that it would be a similar reaction in
1: on just a smaller scale. you Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, okay. So we're in Sam's shoes. Um, the first thing we have to do, and this sucks like this is another like impossible situation for a GM to be in. We have to trade Steven Adams. Okay, can I say? I think you have to fire the coach first. Okay, that's what I would say. Well, yeah. So, um, well, so here's here's my thing about firing Billy. <laughs> I you know you know that I'm a fire fire billier. Um, I think you do that if you have a plan. Like if you have a guy and you're like, we think this guy will work out. Like Billy has shown you enough that it's okay to fire him. So do that first. Um, uh, but only if you have another guy. Don't fire him uh, and then just take whatever comes up.
0: You know the guy that I think that they should hire? Who do you think they should hire? Um, I think they should try to swoop in before, because who knows what the hell is going on with the Lakers. I think they should try to hire Ty Lu. Um, i think Ty Lue's good I, hate it. I think he's a good coach
1: I, like, I i i mean i i am not i have no like capability to rationally like determine Lu's ability as a coach so i hate it but i get uh uh-huh.
0: well it, my my reasoning is you're going to have to have a guy who can put up with a superstar ego that russell westbrook has I think LeBron probably has a bigger ego than Russell Westbrook and he dealt with that pretty well. Um, you need a guy to me. They've tried the Scott Brooks type and they've tried the college coach. That was, you know, a really highly successful guy. Neither of them have really been able to turn Russ away from his darkest impulses on the basketball court. Yeah. Um, so maybe a guy that has played in the NBA, like since Russ has paid attention to basketball, won a championship and played the position that Russ plays, maybe you take a chance and see if he can get through to him in that level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, honestly, if I'm Ty Lu, I would take the Lakers job over the Thunder because I think the path to the Lakers being elite is shorter than the path for the Thunder. Now there's yeah. no guarantee that they'll do it, but there is a there is a scenario where the the Lakers are a contender quickly.
1: Yeah, they just haven't really figured out how to get there yet. I think is... there's a there's a risk reward thing with the Lakers and the Thunder because, like, at mm-hmm. the le- at the very least, you know, the Thunder are a competent organization. Yeah, uh, that like no, working absolutely. there won't suck. Working for the Lakers might suck. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, no, no, I agree. And plus, like, I mean, Tyloo won a championship with the Lakers, like, which is Mm -hmm. obvious. Like, yeah. (laughs) They're they're so going to hire Tyloo. Right. I mean, I just think that maybe
0: if the Thunder were to act fast, and in our scenario, we would act fast. Of course. We would do this. Because we're decisive. Yeah. We are very decisive. That is probably one of our defining qualities as humans, in my opinion. Yeah. not really at all, but, um, in this hypothetical, we act fast. I don't, I don't think that it really matters firing Billy, but I think it's something that you have to do because I think you have to try something else. Um, and I think Ty Lou is probably the best person that I see for this specific job. I don't think he's probably the best coach you could possibly get. Um, just from a basketball coach standpoint, but I think from a coach that, could probably deal with Russell Westbrook well and you know Paul George and all those guys I think he's probably the best available um, I don't hate Monty Williams either but I I like Ty Lou more
1: yeah um, I will and this is this is mean um, but uh, I will say this about your reasonings behind Ty Lu as a coach um, you did like also describe Jason Kidd
0: I, no, no, I didn't. Like, we know Jason Kidd's a bad basketball coach. We yes. saw him hold Giannis back in the Bucks back, like... Right,
1: right. I'm just like saying, the, the qualities that you saw in Tylu were, like, they also, like, Jason okay. Kidd was a point well, guard I'll, in the I'll NBA add this. while Russ, was, I'll add this while to Russ it. was following the sport.
0: Tyloo's not a fucking jackass
1: This, this is true. Like, true.
0: Jason Kidd has at pretty much every level of his career been a fucking asshole, okay? Yeah. Like, just go back and look at all of the douchey things he's done in his career. The right. guy's kind of a shithead human being, so... yeah, oh, totally. Tyloo is not that, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's my defense <laughs> of that. Tyloo's not a shithead. Yeah, Jason. There Pitt was is. that.
1: There was that one time when that weird ring fell out of his mouth, and we st- I still don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> <I don't> it's <either. laughs> so weird. Um, but um,
0: so yeah, let's say okay, we fire Billy. We've got Tyloo now in the fold. Um, we got to trade Steve, right? And I think yeah. I mean the main reason, like you can't have the worst shooting point guard in the league Mm -hmm. and a non-shooter at center.
1: I don't think it works. Um, No, I agree. Uh, And it sucks um, because you're not going to get good value for Steve. You're
0: not going to get good value at all. You're going to get actually just bad value, in all honesty, unless you could find like a trade that I've seen thrown around. I would not do this trade because it would be an insanely expensive football team or football team. I'm watching the draft. Sorry. An insanely expensive basketball team, but I've seen Kevin love for Steven Adams straight up. I hate it.
1: I hate it. And I,
0: I understand why you could come to that idea. You're thinking, well, they would be a better offensive team. And it's probably true. They would. Yeah. But you can't pay Kevin Love as much money as he's going to make over because his, his contract runs out at the same time as Russ's. So you're looking at four more years of paying those two guys. And yeah. like Kevin the Love only way you can do that is if
1: you are absolutely committed to the idea that like once this is over, like we strip this team four parts. Yeah. Like No, that's I don't think it's a good trade. I wouldn't do it,
0: but I, that's a trade that like you know if you're just talking from a pure value standpoint, you know player for player, that might be the best value you're gonna get for Steve. Um, do we want to run through <laughs> through some of the horrible trades that I put together? Oh
1: uh, yeah, yeah, do you want me Here, to pull those on. up? Yeah, I will while you're pulling those up, I'm going to say something and I want to I'd love to hear your reaction to it. Um, do you think that Sam, is kind of married to the traditional center type. I mean, every, I mean, his You'd entire like a, you think about his career, moves. Kendrick Perkins. He tried to yeah. get Tyson Chandler, uh, Steve, obviously, um, uh, Ennis, right. Even Sabonis. Right. Um, and then, I mean, Noel, but like, that's not anything. Um, yeah. So like yeah. I think that I think that that is
0: a one of the mistakes he's made. I think he has kind of I I think ag- agree. I think he has kind of married himself to that position in you know, based his value on that. Like he paid Stephen Adams 25 million a year, you yeah. know? Like I don't think that like Uber up with the times GMs at this point. And that's probably something we could have talked about. Like post Durant was a mistake because he paid at He overpaid Adams. He, he could yeah. have waited and probably paid him around 12 to 15 instead, you know, and you're, you're in a better spot that way. But, yeah. um, I mean, it wasn't an egregious overpay, but just to commit that much money to the probably least important position on the court, um, is, was probably a mistake, right? Um, so I've got I've got some trades for you, and uh, let me see one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I have five trades, and I'm gonna run through them, and I want you to tell me which one you would take at the end. Okay. okay. All right. So we talked about Cleveland, uh, Kevin Love, and Stephen for Stephen Adams. You said absolutely not.
1: Uh, I I hate it.
0: <laughs> I was able to come up with a worse trade with Cleveland um but maybe it's not worse because their contracts are shorter and i think they would both be expiring this year so maybe in that sense it's not worse but it is steven adams for tristan thompson and jordan clarkson oh that's a horrible trade
1: that's like, a bad trade don't that's make a that bad trade. trade no and like t- that's i mean you say it's you say that like it's good that their contracts are in, are expiring but like next year's really important <laughs> And the year after that is also really important. Yeah. Um, So, no. You can't trade Steven Adams in order to, like, create flexibility further down the line. You need to trade him for a difference maker.
0: And flexibility for the Thunder doesn't mean
1: near as much as it does
0: for a lot of teams. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, my next trade is with the Miami Heat. Um, This is also a bad trade. Uh, Kelly Olynyk and Dion waiters for Steven Adams. It's better. It's uh, a better trade. I still would not do it. I mean, now Kel- Kelly, Kelly gives you a, a stretch big, you know, that's kind of cool. You know, like you could put him, you could probably play him and grant together and really spread the floor for yeah. us in a decent way. You'd be like the worst rebounding team ever. That's fine. Um, and then Dion gives you a guard off the bench, but I'm just thinking about a Dion and Dennis Schroeder backcourt and I yeah. have nightmares. Oh, God. Uh, just, that they not, just jack it up. That would not go well. Um, and the, all right. So a couple that I am less out on, uh, this one's with the Atlanta Hawks and it is Kent Bazemore and Torian Prince for Stephen
1: Adams. You get it a bad contract in Baysmore, so I actually don't know how Trey, bad that is now. He's it's expiring so it's okay. Right. Yeah. Um Atarian Prince is a player that um I actually think Atlanta fans are kind of down on now, but Yeah, they are. Uh um, yeah. like he's a decent player. He can shoot. No. What you, two wings who can shoot, which is like this is the thing about this team <laughs> is that it's the most expensive roster in history and we have one wing who can shoot. Right. Well, uh, Terrence, Terrence can shoot a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, but Terrence doesn't really have wing size at this point. Um,
0: yeah, I I would do this trade. <laughs> I th- like th- that. I think it is that crucial to not be paying a center twenty five million a year. Um, I think this might potentially make the Thunder a worse team, um, but I also think that it might make them better in the playoffs, you know, like, yeah, so it's, it's kind of tough to, to really like, I think against Portland, this trade would have helped them, but you know, then you get up against, let's say Denver and they play two, they play two bigs all the time, then you might be screwed. Um, So, I mean, there's no great answers here, but I would probably make this trade. So you could probably, I mean, you could reallocate the money to, just more valuable positions. I and mean, then you could probably yeah. go sign. Like you just sign up. Go big get jerk. Dwayne. Dedman. That's all you need. Go get Dwayne Dedman. Yeah. You know, or Dwayne. Can shoot
1: a little bit. Shoot. too. Yeah.
0: You know, just get all the Hawks guys.
1: Yeah. Um, but it's like you could, like, you're not going to like, God, just sign the whole Hawks. Huh? Uh, yeah. you're not going to get a player who is as good as Steve. Um, right. Like in free agency or anything, but you can get a guy who can do the role that Steve occupied on this team at a competent level on a man. Yeah. Like, right.
0: You can get that guy, Robin Lopez. You know, there yeah. are a lot of guys that yeah. can go out there Just and provide a big value
1: jerk in that who position. can rebound, and that's all you need. And
0: yeah, you could survive. You could go. I mean, I don't think he's a free agent, but an Aaron Baines type would be perfectly acceptable.
1: Yeah. And the great thing about that is that you wouldn't be tempted to throw the ball to him in the post. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true.
0: Um, so I, yeah, I think it, it'd be worth it just to have more useful players in a, in, you know, a Portland type series or a Houston or like the best teams in the league. Stephen Adams is less effective against. So that's tough. Um, the last yeah. trade I have, I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I don't think that, the other team would do it because it's like a four for one trade, you know, and this was literally yeah. just for salaries. Uh, but this is to the Spurs who I think would actually be really good for Steve. Like he'd be really good there. Like him and LaMarcus would be a really interesting front court. Like yeah. it'd be so old school, but I think pop would make it work. Pop would love pop. Yeah. 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 He would love it. Um, but this is, um, I think this would be the trade I would make, but Patty Mills, Davis Bertons, Marco Bellinelli, and Lonnie Walker for Steve. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like, I really like Lonnie Walker. I think he's got a lot of potential, you know, and like a high potential guard is the kind of guy that might change the ceiling for your team. Like all these other trades, yeah. it's like, you're not really, you're just kind of rearranging deck chairs, but like if you were to get a guy like Lonnie Walker and he turned into a legit scoring guard, like you might have somebody that changes things a little bit. I yeah. don't think San Antonio would make that trade, but no. I think it's possible. Like I mean, no. that is it's, probably it's my the best trade one. of the group, especially because
1: yeah. uh, get like getting Patty um, means that you can start shopping Dennis, um, and you might not get yeah. for Dennis. Well, right, that's another
0: guy you might just need a dump.
1: You know. Yeah. Yeah, because like once if you have Patty Mills, you can trade Dennis for anything and probably like a makeup value.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree. And I think Davis Bertans would be a really nice backup for for them. You know, he's yeah. a legit shooter.
1: Yeah.
0: Bellinelli, you just get fucking cut that guy. That guy's awful. Like, I, I don't want to watch that guy play basketball. Yeah. Like, I know he's technically a shooter, but the guy takes the worst shots possible you know just like flailing around everywhere i yeah. don't want to watch that guy play but like if you were to get like alani walker and patty mills and bertons for steve i think you're feeling pretty damn good about that yeah and again i don't think the spurs would do it no. i mean although like i think steve would be great under pop i think it'd be fantastic but what yeah. god it, you'd you have know. to
1: like you would have to cut who would you cut to make room on the roster for that trade I mean, you know,
0: Nader, obviously, yeah, yeah. get him out. Diallo? Would you cut Diallo? Like oh, having... no. Absolutely
1: no. not. No. <laughs> okay. you cut, I was just wondering uh, if having Lonnie means that, like, Diallo is superfluous at that point.
0: I think you cut Nader. you probably cut... You could... I mean, I wouldn't mind cutting Patterson. That's fine. And then you could cut... I mean, you're not going to re-sign Ray, like, if you had that trade. That's true. You know? Yeah. Like, I think that that's fine. Like, I would... I would do that, you know, but like, I think that's kind of pie in the sky. And I, I know that sounds like a shitty trade to be the pie in the sky trade, but you know, that's kind of where we're at right now. So get excited about Patty Mills. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could, I would just honestly, I'd be excited about Bertans and Lonnie Walker and like Patty Mills, Patty Mills is like a glorified chucker too. Like the guy likes to shoot the ball a lot, but he's, you know, he's, okay he's a bothersome defender like honestly probably defends similarly to Schroeder. if we're being real yeah um
1: yeah but hey can we talk about dennis picking up dame full court in the series what did you like i don't uh, think it was effective
0: (laughs) i mean i i don't think it really mattered like I, i don't i i understand why they put him on dame like it It made some sense to me because his job was literally funnel him to help defenders. The help defenders were not good. Um, but I would, you know, I, it was probably just a waste of energy to have him pick him up full court. You know? Yeah. That's the thing.
1: I think it was maybe less effective than picking him up. Like, you know, like 48 feet from the basket. Like, right. Um, yeah,
0: I, I don't know. I don't think it really matters. I think Dame was just on another level that it just didn't really matter all that much. Um, but yeah, I don't like, there's really no good, no good answers here. Like, I mean, you do those two things and I think you're in a better spot, but you're still, I don't think the ceiling of the team has changed you know, unless Lonnie Walker was just like a star, you know, for no reason. So um, it's tough. It, they're, they're in an impossible situation. The Thunder are in they are in that purgatory yeah. that I have always feared. They. I mean, I literally the day that Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors, I was coming up with trades for Russell Westbrook. And it wasn't because I thought Russ was going to leave in a year. It was I wanted to avoid this happening. Yeah, you know?
1: and it's, God, this isn't what I thought it would be like, though, right? No, not at I all. S- I certainly didn't expect that we would be in this purgatory having signed Paul George and, you know, with the most expensive roster in history, um, I'll just be stuck in this purgatory. It's It sucks, and it does. It sucks <laughs> so much of it is on us. yeah no like
0: and that's really the way i see it like i've i've seen some things about like people talking about something is wrong with the thunder
1: culture and everything and i just yeah that's yeah
0: i absolutely
1: the thunder like literally they they sam presti just like took notes while he was at the spurs and then Mm -hmm. he went to seattle and when the team came here he was like we're gonna be the spurs And they did.
0: Yeah. Well, and like the reason why people were talking about culture is just like, well, they've they've been the most inconsistent team. Like they've had parts of the season where they look elite and then they've ended the season badly the last three years. And like, I don't think it's a culture thing. I think it's a Russell Russell Westbrook thing. You know, like I it's just that guy is one of the highest usage players in the league. And if he's going to be as erratic as he has been the last two years, especially you're just, you're not going to be able to build a consistent team. You know, yeah. I don't care what your culture is. I don't care who your coach is. That's where we're at right now. Yeah.
1: Um, I will, I will say this and this I'll get, this is me getting to the thing about Billy and the way we play defense. Okay. Um, I don't think an NBA team could do it. For eighty-two games, like yeah. I understand, I understand the principles, and when they work, they're amazing, right? Right. I think it takes too much energy. I don't think you. I don't think an NBA team can play the type of defense that Billy has designed for eighty-two yeah. games, and we haven't, right? In any right. of these seasons, we haven't. Yeah. Um, when this team in January was winning games, it was because Paul George was playing like an MVP, and Terrence was shooting forty percent, like. Yeah. It's the the defense went away, um, right. and it's just to me. That's to me. That's the thing about Billy is that like we can talk about him as a great defensive mind, but if you can't play his system for eighty two games, then I don't think you can. Doesn't uh, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: Well, and I, you know, I think another part of the defense is that it seems like it's kind of boomer bust, and oh yeah, not just Definitely. like it when it's working, the other team isn't even dribbling the ball. Like it's like right. an automatic turnover, but I think you need a more stable defense that can limit teams. Even when you're not playing fantastic defense, you know, like I yeah. think if I look you- at what like, cause Milwaukee before this year, they were always this uber aggressive defense and they tried to take everything away from you. And that just, when it when one aspect of the defense was off like everything was just bad and i think the thunder are similar i think they're a little more think, equipped yeah. to do it but yeah, um, i think it's that kind of defense and you look at what milwaukee they've largely simplified some things this year you know they've and buzz done a great job but they've simplified things and let their personnel just limit teams more i really think instead of like thinking oh we've got to force turnovers and I think part of that too like for the Thunder is they feel like they are not going to be a good enough half-court offense team so they have to force the issue defensively and so maybe maybe there is no answer like maybe it's if we start being more uh, conservative defensively we might be better defensively but but that might hurt the offense
1: more than it is already hurting you know right yeah, it's I mean, it's a tough situation, but it's it's exactly the sort of thing where I look at it and say, ah, I think we deserve something different at least. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair.
0: And the, I mean, that's one yeah. of the one of the things about Ty Lue that I mean, this is going to work against my point, but like that guy's defenses in Cleveland weren't great until the playoffs like they adjusted in the playoffs, but like they largely struggled under him defensively. Um, And that might not be a positive thing for the Thunder because the way the Thunder are built, they need to be elite defensively and they need to be consistent defensively if they're going to have a chance to get through a regular season with any sort of consistency. You know, it's like, it's going to have, because they're just not going to shoot consistently because Russell Westbrook is the guy who takes the most shots and it creates for everybody else, you know? So,
1: yeah. um, Now, of course, like, my thing about the Cavs defensively under Tyloo was that, like, man, that was not good personnel. No, um, it was, no was bad a, personnel. Yeah, it was right. kind of amazing that they were able to lock in during the playoffs. Um, yeah, at all because, like, God, like you had Tristan Thompson who could like run fast.
0: Tristan Thompson and JR Smith were like their best regular season defenders.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not good. Like, yeah.
0: they always got better in the playoffs because LeBron would start defending in the playoffs. And he yeah. is a great defender when he wants to be. Um, and Kyrie is not though. he's a horrible regular season, or he was at that time, especially. He did not defend in the regular season. He, he would step it up in the playoffs. So it was, yeah. it was a lot of that. And like, I don't, I just, with the Thunder, it's Russ is similar. You know, he, he steps it up in the playoffs defensively. Yeah. Um, or at least he has in the past. I wouldn't necessarily
1: yeah. say that he did that this year, but yeah. he is, of he, he is certainly of the opinion that he can step it right. up.
0: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you, he thinks he's an elite defender because he can be an elite defender, not because he is. It's, it's a weird mentality yeah. to me. It's like, yeah. You are, you think, that you're the best at something because you could be if you wanted to be i think that's weird
1: i don't yeah it's strange strange. Um, but like i don't know you remember things like and this is so dumb because it's such a small sample size the game last year against houston towards the end of the season where he took on harden yeah Um, it's just like but then at the same time you have the game where he like established that he was going to shut that shit down from uh I almost said Marco Rubio, uh, <laughs> from, from Rubio, and uh, he fouled out like an idiot. Um, so yeah, it's a whole thing. It is. It's yeah. It's 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 not a good situation
0: where uh, you know we're screwed. And like I'm just I'm so beyond like you know I I'm trying to think when the exact point where I just gave up on this team like. I remember going into that Lakers game in the at the end of the regular season and kind of like low key hoping we would lose the game because it would just be it the content would have been amazing. You know, I've been rooting for content towards the end of the that's, year. That's always bad. Yeah, it's a bad point to get to because you're like, yeah, you're just you're hopeless that anything good can come from them even winning a game. You know, like yeah. game five against Portland, I was like I mean, we can win, but like, we're going to lose game six, you know, like I don't, I don't think that this team is capable of playing two good games in a row. And so I had zero confidence that we would be able to go home and win game six. And it probably sucked more to lose at home than it did losing in Portland. So I wasn't upset when I knew, first of all, I knew Dame was going to make that shot. I texted you literally like as Russ was missing or I think right after Dame got that layup to tie the game Mm -hmm. I knew that Russ was going to take a shot on the next possession
1: and you you, you sent me a message like we're going to get Dame timed
0: yeah I said we're going to get Dame and then as soon as he got the ball with the game tied I was like he's going to hit a shot and then I was just like floored i was like why is he not driving but i was like at the same time i was like he's just gonna hit a step back
1: you know it's yeah
0: like yeah. it was a hopeless and it's also, feeling
1: going back to the original question of this podcast i was sitting next to my portland fan father um who was saying the same thing like why is he just why is he gonna settle for this shot yeah um and it's I yeah mean, oh, have, can you
0: can you give us a an idea of of your father's reaction to that shot?
1: Oh, he was overjoyed. Of course he was. Um, was it was it similar to
0: reactions we have gotten on the pod before?
1: Yes, yes, okay. it was exactly. If we had been podcasting, you would have heard it. That That's is incredible. exactly what what it would have been. Um, good. That's I'm very happy to hear that
0: Robin is having a good time yeah watching his team um yeah and like i mean portland damian lillard deserves it like he played
1: so well and yeah i hate how mad i am at him because he like this is the thing is that he deserved it right yeah he did so well in the face of all of this trash talk um Mm -hmm. and he just you know he i mean Right. He did he talked back but it, when the, yeah. when it when it got important his game did the talking and like that's what this damn sport yeah. is Yeah. Going
0: about. into game 4 he he and CJ especially decided that they were done with that. They were yeah. like we're we're just going to win this series. We know we're better than they are. They're talking all this shit. We're done. They're going to lose. We're going to win these next two games, you know? And yeah. that's exactly what they did, you know. So Yeah.
1: And it's and that's the most like that's the most frustrating thing about rooting for Russ is like he was so clearly in the wrong in this, yeah. And this is, like this is what what I mean when I say like he deserved it, you know. Right. And that's what's different about this than previous series, because um, I mean you can talk about you know his hu- hubris with the Rubio stuff in the Jazz series, but like with the Jazz series and the Houston series, it was just like man, the universe is so unfair, right? Right here, it's like, nah, this is exactly what you get when you act like that. And, yeah. God.
0: Well, and, like, it was so crazy to me because, you know, last year there was the, there were a couple different things. Like, there was the idea that, yeah, if Rudy Gobert is in the paint, it's going to be really hard to get points down there. And then there was the mellow factor where it's like, yeah, if you have a defensive liability as big as mellow, it's going to be hard to, defend yeah but they had Ennis his nope. cancer and we couldn't get the ball consistently <laughs>
1: scoring in the paint yeah. you know yeah honestly um you basically have to trade steven adams because there were points in this series down the stretch where ennis was in the game and he wasn't right no he um, got thoroughly outplayed
0: and like i don't think that like i am unbelievably annoyed by ennis cancer like i am I never I I liked him when he was on the team. I thought he was funny, but like I hated watching that guy play when he was on the Thunder. Like he's a god, he's a horrible defender. If Russ could shoot the ball at all, he would have been played off the court. That's an issue. Like Russ couldn't shoot well enough to play in his fucking canner off the court. Yeah. You know, like that's yeah. pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible, but
1: yeah. Um, Meanwhile, like James Harden is making Rudy Gobert look like Ennis Cantor.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and Dame is making Steve look like him as Ennis Cantor, you, you know? know, like Dame played Steve off the court. Like, it's incredible. Like Steve was, I always thought like Steve's a guy that, you know, probably isn't ever going to be played off the court, but I, I guess I was just wrong. You know, I yeah. think there are a couple guys in the league. I think there are three guys in the league that can play Steve off the court, And there is really nobody in the league that I think the Thunder can play off the court. And that's a sad situation.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, God. I just, there would come moments in the game, and sometimes it wasn't Steve. Actually, a lot of the times it was when the Noel Morris big pair was in the game. um, Where Dame would come off a screen, and we would just forget that he's Damian Lillard and not um, trap him coming off of it. And he would get a wide open shot coming off the screen and he would make all of them. And it just kept happening. So frustrating.
0: Yeah. um, Markeith Morris. Like (laughs) that's been one of the funnier things I've seen. Like the
1: idea. Did you see his brother's comments?
0: Yeah. Like that. That's what I was talking about. Like, Okay.
1: Like sure, Marquise
0: like, Morris was bad here. Like, what yeah. are we supposed to do? Play him more because
1: no, he deserves it. Like, what? Yeah. no. Like, I on. I don't think that this is. I don't. I don't really believe there's anything to this. But like, a lot of the Thunder's decline really started in earnest when like he took Patterson's minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's anything to that, but no. it, it's there.
0: No, like Morris was a bad defender his entire time here.
1: Like he yeah. was.
0: Like, and a lot of it just seemed like it's either an intense lack of awareness or just laziness,
1: you know? Like, I yeah, can not really didn't figure out what it was. He did play good. Team he did function well in the pick and no. roll. None of that. And
0: having him next to Nerlens Noel, who just jumps at everything, was just not a good pairing. Oh, like, yeah. Like, that was no. not
1: something was, that worked well. Like, yeah.
0: <sighs> God, Nurlands. Nerlens. Yeah, I like Nerlens. I think he's a good backup center. That guy, I've said it multiple times this year that he'd be starting for a lot of teams, and he would be starting for a lot of bad teams. Because if that guy's your starting center, you're not going to be a very good team. Like you're yeah. just not. Like I think he can be a good backup center most nights, but I think that's his
1: ceiling yeah. right like he's now. He's got he's got really active hands. He's so athletic. He's so long. Um, he believes himself to be a good passer. I don't know what the statistics are to back that up. Yeah, no, I mean Nerland should be a really
0: elite defender. Like, he has the tools. He's got great hands. He's got elite shot-blocking ability. Like, he just it, like, there's something mentally that he just does not have that really limits him as a defender like he could be elite at it now I mean he's always going to get pushed around in the post but so does Clint Capella and it doesn't really matter
1: you yeah. know yeah um, the one thing so, about Orleans this year is um, I know we we both certainly weren't expecting to sign him again do you think that but, like that's a possibility now
0: I I don't know I don't know if I don't I wouldn't resign him unless I trade Steve like I think if if you trade Steve, then I think there's an interesting. It'd be interesting to have him as a second center with a lesser center. Like if you had a guy like,
1: yeah,
0: let's say Robin Lopez or something, and Nerlens, then I think those two are different enough that it could work. Um, but like I just don't see the need if you've got a guy who's going to play big minutes like Stephen Adams is, you know, because I think that one thing that we saw and we've seen it the last two years, is that Jeremy Grant needs minutes at the five when Russell Westbrook's on the court because he opens up the floor for Russ. Russ needs all the help he can get at this Mm -hmm. point. Like, Russ, playing Russ with a center that's not going to stretch the floor at all is going to make it tough on Russ. And, like, I don't think he's going to shoot the ball ever. Like, so you've got to help him as much as you can. And I think playing Grant at the five is a way to do that you know and yeah so i think uh, that signing like you need a backup center but i don't think you need a guy like Ner- like nerlands isn't going to want to come here and be like the third center you know Yeah. like so it it if you don't trade steve i wouldn't re-sign nerlands even if you could like i think it's possible that he might not get more than the minimum mm-hmm. on another team but i wouldn't give that to him Yeah, if if it came, if you have to keep Adams, you know, like if you have to keep Adams, I think what they need to look for. I they've got to find a stretch five, even if it's a bad stretch five. Yeah, like they need a guy like go like, I mean, I hate this guy. like I think he's awful, but I mean, Mike Mascala. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like <laughs> no Mike Moscow sucks. I know. But I think he'd be a better use as a backup five yeah. than Maryland's yeah. this year because hey. at least he's giving you another yeah. element offensively.
1: Is Gorky Dang's gross contract over yet? No, it's not. It's not. He'd be okay. I'm Are trying to think of like a Emerald's package. No, 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 we don't want him. There's that's the other thing is that like even if you could get him in something like yeah. There's nothing else on the Timberwolves worth acquiring.
0: Right. Yeah, I I mean, I think honestly, Dwayne Dedman's the guy. You know, like if you can sign Dwayne Dedman, yeah. I'm doing that. I wouldn't mind him being the starting center. I like Dwayne Dedman. He can shoot um, like literally like the year that Kawhi was that MVP candidate. Dwayne Dedman at times was arguably the Spurs' second best player. You know, like he can play basketball and he can shoot and he's you know, I—that is who I want as the backup five, if it's possible. If we have to keep Adams, um, but even yeah. if we trade Adams, like I, D- Dwayne Deadman is the guy that I want to start at center. But, um, yeah, it's you know, it is what it is. Like we're yeah, we're screwed. Um, you ready for my take?
1: Hit me with the take.
0: All right. So it's gonna be exceedingly negative.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: Um, because like I said earlier, like I I just I my ability to be optimistic about what this team can do is just gone at this point. Mm -hmm. Um and my faith in Russell Westbrook to take this team anywhere is gone. Um I don't think the Thunder are ever gonna make the playoffs again with Russell Westbrook on the team. Wow. Yeah. I've been thinking about this for like a week. Um, uh, and I've been waiting to say it on a pod. Um, so and my reasoning is look at the Western conference. It's not getting worse. Okay. Like this conference is going now. I understand like Katie's probably going to leave the West, but look at the Western conference. Look at the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Most of the teams that made the playoffs this year aren't going anywhere and they're either going, going to stay the same or get better like the Clippers are probably going to get Kawhi that's a contender the Spurs are going to get DeJounte Murray back that's a solid playoff team I don't think the Jazz are going anywhere Portland's not going anywhere Denver's not going anywhere as long as Houston has James Harden they're going to make the playoffs until he's old you know he's that good Golden State they're going to lose Durant they're going to be fine um but I don't know if we can expect everything to go wrong for the Lakers again. I know yeah. we talk shit about them, but like they would have made the playoffs this year if not for injuries like they would, despite everything that they did wrong. Mm-hmm. And they would still be a shit show for it, but they would be have been in the playoffs if they yeah. hadn't had
1: the injuries um, Yeah, like LeBron James is still on that team. Is the yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. God, like
0: Sacramento. I know they did kind of a Kengsey thing.
1: Um, now they're going pu- to push again, and the, yeah. hey, the Mavs are going to push.
0: Yeah, the Mavs have Luca and Kristaps. Like, yeah, they have Luca Kristaps and Rick Carlisle. That's going to be a team pushing for the playoffs next year. Yeah, you know, those are three teams that I think I'm picking ahead of the Thunder next year. Maybe not Sacramento, but I feel pretty comfortable picking the Lakers and the Mavs ahead of the Thunder. Heading into next year, barring some massive change that I'm just not seeing.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, Sam does crazy things during the offseason. He gets up. Sure. He does. He does. If, like, what was the last uneventful Thunder offseason? Like, 2015? Yeah, I mean, it was
0: the... (laughs) The offseason they signed Kyle Singler and, and his cantor to extensions. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was the last like uneventful off season. It was also yeah. not a good offseason at all. But no. um
1: who did they draft that year?
0: That, that might have been the No, that was the year after Houston. That might have been the campaign year. That was the campaign year. That was a bad yep.
1: that was a bad Oof. off season,
0: Sam. Oof. Yeah, I remember thinking campaign was gonna be like the next Mike Conley, and oh man, oh <laughs> no boy,
1: oh. That, oh boy, that didn't happen.
0: Yeah, oh man, it did not happen. But yeah, it's oh, I hate, I hate being so negative about the Thunder. I but like I just I'm incapable of of optimism at this point. Like it's just. I think we have moved on to the next phase of being NBA fans. Like, this is an this is a part of being an NBA fan. Like, your team at some point is going to yeah, be in this your window position.
1: closes, and you just yeah. get to deal with your window closing. Yeah.
0: And, like, I mean, really, more than anything, like, I've talked so much about Russ, but let's talk about Paul for a second. And I said it, I think, last podcast, we're never going to see this version of Paul George again. I feel yeah. comfortable saying that. Like, yeah. that four or three or four month period where he was the, like the second best player in the league. It's not going to happen again. Mm. It's not. I mean, it might happen for like a month or a week or two weeks or whatever. He's never going to have a sustained season as good as this year, in my opinion. And like, we needed that to get to where we were this year, you know? And like, sure. If he hadn't have gotten hurt, maybe the thunder make the second round, but like, okay, that does, you know, fine.
1: Yeah. You know, like so god think about all of the ways at the end of the season that things went magically right for us to get the best possible matchup in these playoffs right and this happens yeah
0: yeah no it's i mean we got the dream matchup we got portland without their the guy who was their second best player this year like yeah Nurkic played like their second best player this year
1: yeah and we could also break him. he had the best plus minus in the west besides Steph. like Nurkic was great this year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Talk about another guy that I just don't like. Can't stand that guy. He sucks. Yeah. Also, I mean, I I (laughs) wish that he had not broken his leg in one of the most hideous ways I've ever seen,
1: obviously. But But that guy, I don't like that guy at all. He sucks. And it's, (laughs) um, it's, you know, it was funny that, you know, after he broke his leg, everybody had to talk to Paul George, the, um, like the The official yeah yeah just the like the expert witness on leg injuries for the nba yeah Um, yeah (laughs) oh yeah that's great to be like yeah you know obviously don't wish this on anybody (laughs) right (laughs) it's like yeah this is this is a really trying moment for me in that situation but uh oh man uh god what do we have anything else to talk about
0: Man, I, I feel like we got depressing enough. You know, it's like we, I mean, I said that Thunder are never going to make playoffs again under Russ or with Russ on, as their point guard. So, I mean, I feel like that's a good place. To,
1: yeah. So um, maybe,
0: uh, is there anything else going on in the NBA that is worth mentioning? I mean, there's a lot of things going on.
1: Yeah. Um, um,
0: are the Warriors, awesome. are the Warriors really going to win the championship
1: this year? Yeah, they are. This won't okay. matter. We will forget everything about, like, was it last night? Yeah. I I mean,
0: I shouldn't do this, and I don't like that I'm doing this. Oh, I'm no. kind of so, starting to believe you? in Houston. No, 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 no. no yeah, no. I'm kind of starting to believe in Houston. No. I think Harden could <laughs> – he might be able to do it, man. I don't know. I think Houston, if they could provide some pressure like they did last year and yeah. not have Chris Paul get hurt. I think Golden State might hate
1: each other. Like th- no they do. In that situation.
0: They absolutely you know, do. Like,
1: but there's nothing that they want to do more than embarrass Chris Paul. Um I I yeah. It would you're unite right. them. it would absolutely unite them. Yeah.
0: Um but I also look at that damn roster and they have like they have like five guys that are good.
1: <laughs> you know like I mean yeah. Um they
0: have the death lineup. because I mean Boogie's out now. And Boogie would have actually really helped him against Houston because he's a nightmare for Clint Capella
1: to right, handle. Right. He would uh, just, but, yeah. He would just sun him, just yeah, like at least two games would be Boogie like, doing that.
0: They've got the death lineup and Kevon Looney and Livingston. Those are the only guys that I'm feeling okay about being on the court
1: against the Rockets. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And like well, Bogut starting. The good for them news right is that now, is but, exactly the same number of players the Rockets will play in the series. So. Yeah, it's true. They don't they don't play a lot of guys um, either. I think so. the um the one thing about Golden State is um if they attempt to guard a body part of James Harden's that is not his ass, they will have greater success than Ricky Rubio.
0: That's true. That's true. They have they have longer, they have better defenders. Yeah. Yeah, Clay Clay's a good defender. I mean, Clay's gotten lit up by Harden plenty, but Oh, sure. And Whatever. I think that, you know, like, Durant might be a guy that, like, if you play him from behind with Durant, like, you might have more success because he might actually be able to affect shots from
1: behind. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, just really, really with Harden, you're just demanding, like, when you play him that way, you're just demanding that he hit 20 floaters to win. Which, right. you know, maybe he can, maybe he can't. You know, his floater yeah. has gotten so much better this year, which, by the way, you wanna talk about Russ like aging gracefully? Get a yeah, damn bloater. He needs that shot. It's so important. And
0: that that's another that's another scenario why like I just I don't have confidence in him to yeah. evaluate himself because any guy that is basically saying that I don't need that shot is like that's just
1: that's no. just wrong. The bloater unlocks the lob. Like
0: Yeah. Yeah, it it would help Steven Adams so much. Yeah, if you, if you could do that, you know, and I just don't think he's gonna like, I mean, maybe I, I, I really hope that I'm wrong and Russ comes back and can shoot because that
1: would be cool. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah, at that's least a, that's like what it, it's, you know, he, he says in his press conference, you know, people called him a ball hog. People said he wasn't a point guard. He's led the league <laughs> in assists for two years in a row now. And he yeah. said, like, now I'm going to do that with shooting. And I don't believe him, but did he say that though? That is, that's almost a direct quote. Okay. Um, hey,
0: I mean, I I would love it, man. That'd be great. Like yeah. that would change things if Russ can come back and just shoot the fucking ball, like just be a thirty three percent three point shooter. Yeah, thirty three percent, and like like just 39% kind of on catch and shoot your shots. Yeah. We need, or 36% on catch and shoots. Yeah. You know, we need somebody that isn't just the worst shooter in the league handling a yeah. ball, you know? And so hopefully Russ can do it. I, I mean, I haven't like what gives me a little hope. I mean, it isn't, I, I haven't seen a ton of athletic decline from him. Like there's been some, Obviously,
1: I think like it's most notable, and like he doesn't go up for dunks anymore. Um, right. But frankly, I think um, like the thing that makes me he there's some ways in which him slowing down as he comes to the rim can be good. Right. Um, if he learn if part of his aging gracefully is learning how to attack the rim with control, um, yes. and finesse. Then I think that's fine, and I think that like, because I agree with Zach Lowe in that what you watch Russ this season and just so often it just it doesn't feel like he's been better at the rim, but he really has. Like that's yes. not a lie. He really has right. been better at the rim this year. Um, yeah. And so, like, I think I think there's something there, certainly. Yeah. But he needs. Um, Hey, man, fully, fully
0: prepared to be wrong and rooting for myself to be wrong. And I don't root for myself to be wrong very often. I like to be right in most situations.
1: Yeah.
0: I I will root for things pretty hard in order to prove my point in being right. And this will not be one of those situations. Um, Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think, I mean, we talked about firing Billy. I don't think we're actually going to do it. Um, so yeah. it's going to be about whether or not he can evaluate and come to the conclusion that, you know, the defense is just too hard to play or they're either going to have to come to that conclusion or they're going to have to get more guys that can play that kind of defense. Yeah, well that's the thing is that and it,
1: cut minutes. That, yeah. At that point, it becomes a thing where, like, you can't have Abdul Nader on this team. You can't right. have Ray Felton on this team. Like no. those spots need to be long wings.
0: Yep. Like they need Hami to develop quickly. Yeah. They need yeah. Deontay Burton to develop quickly. If that's the case, yeah, you know,
1: not enough Deontay so. in the series. I'll say that much. Yeah. I mean, uh, like not that it no, would have no, made a difference. No, no. I would have. I just want, I just want to see more Deontay.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Like I,
1: I think they made a mistake. Uh,
0: I mean, first of all, I think Deontay better than Nader. Um, yeah, but I think they made a mistake turning to Ray. Like I, I think it yeah.
1: was he, a like, here's my decision. other here's my other thing about Ray. I think that the booze in Portland legitimately disorient him. Really? Yeah, I think you watch game one or was it two? I think it was game two. Um, there were a few possessions where the second unit was in, and like Ray wouldn't take open shots. He would drive to the rim and just not do anything. He would like pass out to someone who wasn't open like i i and maybe it's because like and like he has not and part of this is because he's raymond felton and he perhaps is not capable of like he has not like done any sort of revenge tour thing on the blazers oh no since since being there and being the only player in the nba they dislike right Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so funny such a funny thing because he went there during the lockout season and it was a bad season and he wasn't in shape
0: and that's he was fat straight up fat
1: yeah i don't understand how you don't find joy in that um yeah i I don't either i don't either never have um, um but yeah so that is um that's my hot take about ray is that the portland thing actually bothers him yeah i mean it's yeah sure i think there's
0: complete there's there's evidence for that so that's fine um okay like i i think we're getting kind of in the weeds here yeah. um kyler murray went number one tonight he did shout where out did, to kyler murray wait, where did mark Brown end up going he went to baltimore joining the rest of the sooners yeah what uh, pick was that 25 a little later yeah a little later than he thought Cody Ford slipped out of the first round, which is unfortunate because he was actually at the draft. Yeah. So that kind of that sucks for him. But hopefully he lands in a good organization. Maybe he lands, I think, at Arizona has number one pick tomorrow. Maybe he lands in Arizona. That'd be Gets fun. to block for Kyler some
1: more. So um, that'd be cool. I will say, uh, <laughs> the Giants drafted Daniel Jones. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. And I oh, just yeah. can't believe it. Why did you do that? You trained I mean, Odell Beckham.
0: I haven't seen anything Definitely from the Daniel Giants. Jones. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from them that makes me think they know what the hell they're doing. So yeah, um, you know. yeah.
1: Ed Oliver went to the Bills. Sorry, Ed. Yeah, that uh, kind of sucked. I
0: was I was disappointed by that. Yeah. I was hoping he would go to a more relevant franchise because I actually kind of like Ed Oliver. He's kind of a, yeah, a badass. So. he's fun.
1: Yeah. Um yeah I I don't have any other I don't have any other draft takes. I'm sad that I'm sad that the two New York teams did what they did. Right. I say the two New York teams. I who even knows what the Jets did. Do they just have a pick in the first round probably.
0: Yeah, they picked uh they picked Quentin Williams,
1: which I oh. was a good pick.
0: Like he's yeah, a real good. good. Yeah. yeah. Um okay, uh is there when do you think the next time will be on pod? Um we need to get we need to get Sam's lazy ass on here the dude backing out at the last minute. this, yeah. is, two, this is two pods in a row that somebody has backed out the day of Just want to point out
1: <laughs> this is true that's absolutely true um, um
0: did you did you wind up listening to the the last pod I did with
1: Nathan I don't um know. <laughs> i I listened to enough of it to hear your story about spring game and I listened to the end to make sure it okay was, I, that was really the only part I cared about. Okay. That's pretty cool,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: that was. I was really
0: hoping to be able to tell you that story on the pod <laughs> because I hadn't told you at all.
1: Yeah, no, you um, hadn't. So um, I was really no, hoping
0: that you would be on the pod for that. But it was. That was, it was pretty, pretty cool. wild. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Calvin Thibodeau has soft hands.
0: He does have soft hands, and Lincoln and and Alex Grinch are we're we're good friends now.
1: We're uh, you good.
0: know, We're we're buddies. So yeah. Um. <laughs> what did y'all say about jeremiah hall
1: i'm trying to remember
0: (laughs) what i mean i think it was really just that he's not bad like i think we both yeah Yeah. that that
1: that was actually something that i think sort of came out last season is when because we had given up on him right right it's like actually he might have just like taken some time
0: yeah he wasn't he wasn't the plug-and-play guy that flowers and millard was but that doesn't mean he wasn't Good, you know, yeah. like he wasn't a bust or anything, so yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of a one of those things. Um, cool, man. I think that's really, I think, yeah, I think we're not even that. talking about what this pod was supposed to be about now, so no. it's okay. Fun.
1: Well, thanks everybody for listening to the Oklahoma drill. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Google Play Store, or on Podbean. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Maxi and at alex p purdy um if you want to read the piece i wrote it's up on oklahomadrill.wordpress.com um and it's, it's entitled love will tear us apart and it's um just it's a little 1200 word reflection on my feelings following that game um i think that about does it uh we'll see you guys sooner or later we'll we'll find stuff to talk about you know there's there will be plenty to talk about. We'll get into the NBA offseason. Um, we have to prepare for the next OU football season. That's going to be a whole undertaking. That's um, true. So, yeah. Did you see the schedule cool. change? Uh, yeah. Sunday night game. That's yeah. I, it's pretty cool actually. I yeah.
0: thought will be the kind of the highlight of the the day. Yeah, we'll have yeah. our own
1: day to ourselves. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's fun. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys later.